Jason. Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people. My budget blinds of Lee Summit. Budget blinds. Did you know? I know. Budget blinds is your home for the signature series automated shades. All hail our robot shade overlords. Look, if you are ready to make your home a smart home, do you know who to go to? I'm going to say you need to go to Budget Blinds because really, if you're I know, trying to like, make your it's home. Like you, it's like you were going to forget who the commercial was for. If you're going to make your home a smart home, you are not inviting you or I into it. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, your friends, our friends at Budget Blinds can help improve the smartness of your home. Even our home, they could help improve the smartness of. Why, why are they so good, Jason? Because they are our robot shade overlords and they are benevolent and and we should be appreciative of the work they do for us so if you are ready to go find all of the beautiful things for your home window treatments and your automated window treatments go see our friends at budget blinds of lee summit right in the heart of downtown tell them jason next thing Hello, and welcome to this Friday edition of the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast. I am your host, Nick Parker. Today, I thought I would do something a little bit different and let you listen in on some of the young voices in our community. Last summer, a group of teens asked if they could take over the show for a few episodes to talk about some of the issues they were facing in our community. A year later, with the support of Lee Summit Cares, they have worked to launch their own podcast called I Can Relate. The topics are their own, and so are the voices and the perspective. In this, their first episode, the young hosts wanted to dig in on why it was important for their generation to find their voices and speak up on important issues. To help, they invited a peer from across the state line to tell his story of speaking up on mental health and suicide. So for today's episode, I want to give you an opportunity to discover this fantastic new member of my podcast family. I Can Relate is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most of your favorite podcast apps. Episode 5 of 6 dropped today, and a link to the podcast can be found in today's show notes. Here they are, Chidera, Olivia, Devin, Riley, and Hudson with I Can Relate. I don't know how the title came about. I think someone just went, ugh, I can relate. And then we said, oh yeah, we kind of say that a lot. And then we're like, oh, that kind of worked. Okay, Devin, whatever you want. Awesome. Hi, guys. I'm Devin Lejean. Um, I'm just going to... Oh, got it. Awesome. Hi, guys. I'm Devin Lejean. Um, And today on I Can Relate is we're going to talk about why our voices matter. And we have Rory here today to tell us a little bit about his story. And all of us um, on this podcast kind of decided to have him on here because we all thought that he would be an amazing example of why voices matter, not only because he's a teen, but also because of his story and what he advocates for. Um, And I know... Um, what he advocates for and kind of what his message is a lot of people can relate to or have seen it so Rory we're just going to ask you a little bit I guess the first question we're going to just like tell us a little bit about yourself and um, what you advocate for and what your message is and why your voice matters. Well that's a lot of questions but uh, (laughs) thank you for having me Uh, as you said I'm Rory and I guess I think the bottom reason why the voices matter is because um, everyone comes from a different background and we don't get to see the same things in each other's lives unless we share them. So sharing our own perspectives and our stories helps people, I guess, uh, realize that there's more to life than what they've seen and also uh, become a more holistic person. Well, I love that, absolutely. 
Um, so tell us a little bit more about, I guess, your story. Yeah. Okay. So uh, my story is a bit tough, and it used to be really hard to share, but I've gotten better at it through time. And so basically a week before my freshman year, uh, my mother uh, committed suicide uh, via overdose, and it had been a long road coming. Uh, she has multiple, or she had multiple sclerosis, uh, which is a brain degenerative disorder. So uh, we were battling with uh, things in the family a long time. And uh, when she passed away, at first, my freshman year, you know, I was overwhelmed. I didn't really want to do anything with it. I kind of kept it bottled in and uh, just got on with high school and just pretended I was a normal kid. And then uh, it went like that for a while. And then my sophomore year. Uh, a kid in my school that I didn't even know very well, but a lot of my friends knew, uh, committed suicide. And it was a really big deal. Our school rallied behind uh, the message of mental health at that point. But uh, up until then, I was too scared to share my story. But then I realized, uh, I guess it's more important for me to share my story than to, I guess, be uncomfortable. So I uh, just decided that I'd create my own club and I called it ASAP because I'm bad with names and I want to do something as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we got together and it started with me and just my friends who wanted to support me. And we decided to create a mental health week, which is like a week long, um, I guess, like spirit week, but themed for mental health. Mm-hmm. And so each day we had a separate events. Uh, the first day was yoga. We had a professional yoga instructor come in in the gym. And then we had a day where we handed out sticky notes with candy. We had over a thousand sticky notes. It's pretty cool. And then uh, we also had yeah, the choir give a performance and the band played for us. So we really helped to rally the school and also getting teachers involved to help spread the message uh, following something that impacted every single student in the school somehow. Mm-hmm. And so I guess I'm here today because uh, I realized that my voice matters and I want to help other people realize that too. Absolutely, that's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I relate to you a lot because last year in, well, I think it was 2018, I want to say, uh, my best friend actually killed himself. So that was super difficult for me. And today I can even um, talk to you about that, um, about me handling that situation. And I was going to ask you a little bit about that. Did you like kind of feel a lot of change in who you were as a person and like personality-wise? Right. When I explain what my freshman year was like, I kind of think I grew four years in a couple of days. And um, since then, I've been a lot more mature and it's come with its benefits and with its drawbacks. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm definitely grateful for the strength it provided to me in my life and given me the opportunity to give back. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when that situation happened, I see myself, I've always been a very confident person and a very um, optimistic human being. Um, which I think are definitely my two main qualities. But when that happened, um, I really kind of became super insecure in a sense and optimistic. I I guess I continued being happy, but it wasn't genuine. Um, So I think that like after about six months, I really like started to change and like realize that like I have to push to be myself again. And I think that really helped me realize like my voice matters and my those those are like important traits to have and then those are kind of like life changing traits for other people and like me implementing that can help not only make my words matter but also other people's as well so yeah well I guess my voice matters more because you have me here today so thank you absolutely you're welcome 
Hello, everyone. This is Chidera. So, Roy, I know during your freshman year, you explained that that was a really hard time for you and you're just going through a lot. So how would people in general be of aid to you during that time? How would you describe a friend at that time who could really help you? Yeah. And at that time, I didn't really want to talk about it. And I didn't want to talk to my friends about it, really. But it meant a lot when they were there for me silently. And uh, I guess that means that they were there unconditionally. They were there, like, no matter uh, what the situation was. You know, they'd come to my house, and they'd bring food, and their parents were helping, like, cook for my family, things like that. Just going out of their way to make sure that even though they didn't want to talk, that we were not talking about it, um, that was being communicated that they care and that uh, that they were there for me. Yeah, um, I guess kind of basing off the the friends thing, um, I just think it's super important to, I feel like we're getting a little bit off topic, but to realize, like, be aware of what's going on with your friends because she, I didn't tell her about what was going on with me those couple months, but she knew because we had a conversation, I think, in May, I want to say, about what was going on with me, and she's like, I knew what was going on with you the entire time. So that's just, like, I think it's just super important to, like, understand and, like, be aware of, like, what's going on with your friends and stuff. Yeah, uh, I think one thing that's important is that sometimes your friends might seem like they're a little bit down and you might feel like that's your fault or that for some reason they're not talking to you because of something you did. But it's important to keep in mind that uh, it might just be that they're going through something extraneous to you Mm -hmm. and that, uh, you know, just to keep an open mind and not, uh, I guess, be scared of the emotions Mm -hmm. that they're experiencing. So I don't really know anybody personally that did that but my aunt I guess she is personal never mind that sounds really bad but uh, no but I get it like you didn't know her very well yeah yeah, yeah. She, she wasn't close to me but she was really close to my mom mm-hmm. and so I saw the impact of kind of what it had on her and I felt really bad that I didn't really understand it as well as I did because I was probably like 10 or 11 at the time so and Riley I can definitely relate to that because I know during the time that um our friend Eric passed away I wasn't as close to him as Devin was and the rest of our debate team. So I remember just feel the atmosphere was just really off for a really long time. And I couldn't really feel the same emotion as everyone else. And I kind of just felt even bad in that sense that I didn't have as much of remorse because I didn't really know him that well. But just I really learned during that time how to really just be there for people while they're going through a lot and during a time of tragedy wasn't even like that too it was just the fact that I didn't know what to say in that time and then I became super hyper aware because it's like it happened to somebody and nobody saw it coming how do I know to keep aware of that so I can prevent something like that and I've seen people talk to friends like hey I think I'm gonna do this and I'm like I don't know what to say or do so do you have any advice if you've done yeah honestly I feel like that's really what got me into it I have a lot of friends who you know struggle with mental health and I believe truly that mental health is something that everyone's going to have to deal with one day in their life. You know, every day or every one probably is going to break a leg or an arm sometime in their life, even if they don't want to. So I think it's the same way. Like eventually all of our parents are going to pass away, hopefully before us. Um, Well, not hopefully, but you know what I mean? (laughs) And so the point is it's always going to, there's going to be a hard point in your life. And so I think that just developing skills and a communication path with your friends uh, that allows for open dialogue of issues that that serious is uh, uh, key for making sure that you can identify, um, I guess, like turning points because it's difficult to talk 
about to a friend about their outside life, you know, outside of school. You don't do that very often. But if you get in the habit of it, uh, you become a lot closer as friends. And you also, I guess, can become a lot closer um, when it comes to like issues. So you can, you know, spot things and I guess be more reliable. It's an interesting way of putting it. I've, I guess for, I don't really know what to say, to be honest, I've got a lot of things to learn about this. So I think it's cool that you're here today to talk about this. I know I did a little research coming in and I found out today actually that when one suicide, there's usually 100 to 200 attempts later from other people surrounding the one person who did die. And I think that's pretty crazy to hear just because I think that one person didn't realize how important they were. But then the fact that 100 to 200 people just knowing them or knowing someone who's dealt with that grief and stuff, if they knew that before they tried to commit suicide, that would be crucial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a lot of situations where... Um, you may see like change in certain friends I guess with my friend that died I did see a lot of change in him and I know it's hard because a lot of us are teenagers and a lot of us you know I know for you know speaking for Jader and I are always busy all the time and sometimes I just you know there's certain situations where I, I look at it and I'm like okay well he's fine like it's okay like it's not a big deal um just as like there was like some drug use and like I was like okay well it's not the end of the world um because I because it was weed so I was like okay it's not terrible but obviously when it's excessive and it's all the time that's probably something I was like oh I should have said something or you know but that's kind of something that I had to deal with for a long time because I saw certain certain um actions that he was doing and I was like that's like not okay but I was so busy that I kind of was like um it's not that big of a deal in a sense because I would never think that person would ever do something like this because he was always like happy and um so I feel like that's just something else. Like, don't beat yourself up over situations like that because it's just not something that you can truly control at the end of the day because either way, if I did say something or not, like, who knows what could have happened, so. Okay, Roy, so I know grief is something really hard and really, like, prolonged to get over. So how would you describe your process of getting, like, I know even to this day you might be still going and enduring that pain, but how would you say you have overcame um, your time just right. dealing with everything. So I think one thing that was really interesting is uh, my family dynamic. And I grew up with a sister who's the exact opposite of me. She's uh, super creative. She wants to be an artist when she grows up. And I'm more of a logical, like, math guy. And so we dealt with grief completely differently. And so she wanted a lot of outside support and counseling. Well, I was uh, looking for a lot more of, like, just time for myself to think and process uh, and just having, like, gentle support and just knowing that there's people there for me. And then what the thing that really got me through it was uh, all the activities I do, uh, keeping involved. I do cross-country and track, uh, and staying physically active has really helped me, I, I guess, keep my mind off the darker side of things and uh, keep my, I guess, body on track. Because uh, when you're dealing with something, uh, it can it can kind of build and build. So even if it's a small thing, it gets bigger and bigger until eventually you don't know what to do with it. So just having an outlet to release the grief has been something that's been most beneficial to me. But it just depends on each person. And I really say each person should try to find the way they, you know, get past stress themselves so that uh, when it comes time to deal with something as big as that, you know, they have the skill already in their back pocket. Do you think speaking up about like your story and 
what you've seen around you impact you personally with your grief and just besides oh. others, I guess? Yeah, so the first time I shared my story, I was crying and it was sad because it was in front of 100 plus people, so it was difficult. But at the same time, it helped me realize and get over it, like, and re realize it, you know, it's, it's true and it's actually happened. Help me get over it and come to terms with uh, what my life is now. And when you come to terms with your life and uh, what the positives are, what's happening, uh, it, it allows you to move on much easier because if you're stuck in denial, if you're stuck in uh, regret of something, it's much harder to look forward. So Roy, what would be the best advice you would give to um, other teens who have endured the same situation as you? Right. So I've met a couple teens that have had similar situations to me. And when we meet each other, we hug and we, we know uh, internally that's something that we can't explain. But I would say just make sure that you know, you're keeping in touch with your friends. It's really easy to get drawn back and become scared of what you're going through. And you want to, I guess, hide from your friends. You know, they might know about it, so you don't want to talk about it. I'd say just keep talking. Uh, just keep, you know, getting over it and stay strong because, you know, it's not easy and it won't be easy, but uh, it'll make you stronger. And so just, I guess, keep going. Absolutely. Kind of like the regret part. That's something I had to deal with for quite some time. Um, and then I just kind of realized, like, what what can I put my regret into? And I think what I do now is, even with people I'm not, like, super close with, I still try to make sure and ask, like, how are you? Like, what's going on with you? And I've noticed, like, a lot of people actually um, tend to vent to me a little bit more or even surprised that I even ask them that question because, sadly, it's not a question that even people's, like, best friends ask them every single day. Like, and I think that's just something important that when you're dealing with regret or grief to put it into um, a more positive light or something that you can actually work with because that's just something that's, uh, sorry, that's a daily thing that I do now is just ask people, how, how are you? Like, how are you doing? How's your day going? How are you? How have you been? Because, sadly, it's not something that people hear often or on a daily basis. Yeah, so one thing I heard when I was at a uh, this group that was talking about mental health and how it works in a family specifically, uh, one thing I heard was uh, make sure you keep asking your family uh, how they're doing and how their day was every day just to make sure that even if you don't notice it, they can talk about it because keeping that door open every day is really important. So it's really good that you're doing that with your friends because if they had something bad happen and they didn't know who to tell, you know, that mm -hmm. means that you can, they can tell you. Yeah, absolutely. And that's good. Mm -hmm. Do you think that keeping a strong and open relationship with your family during this time is really important to your growth and being able to um, just heal? Yes, heal. Yeah, I think family's always going to be an important part of my life and hopefully most people's lives because family's a really difficult one because it changes for each person. And for me specifically, uh, I live with my sister and my dad. So it's, it's a small community, but to me, it's been a strong one because uh, my sister, you know, and my dad both went through the same process. So we were grieving together. And so we, we, we were rebuilt together. So, you know, staying strong with your family and making sure that even if the ties aren't, you know, like easy, that they're strong. Because, mm -hmm. you know, me and my sister argue probably every day, but uh, we love each other more than most brother and sister probably do. How are you and your sister able to help each other heal and be there for one another during this time? So it's, it's awkward because we have the opposite coping strategies. So really, we kind of lend each other time in each direction. And so she'll give me a lot of free time when I need 
uh, to you know cool down or something. And I'll give her a lot of my time to help with homework and cooking and just make sure that uh, she has something to someone to talk to removed from her school life, uh, so that uh, if it's something that she doesn't want to tell her friends, she has someone to tell. Absolutely. I. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh no, you can go ahead. Okay. <laughs> Um, I relate a lot because I actually kind of have the same household as you. I live with my dad and my sister as well. Um, so having like being able to be there for my sister is super important. She's also a freshman. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Um, be there like for her is super important. And just like um, she also like didn't really know my friend very well, but she was also like super supportive of me. And like it was really beneficial to not just have someone i think it's super important to have someone not in your family to talk to but also extremely important to have someone in your family to be able to communicate with and even though she's super young it's still super amazing for me to be able to communicate with her about especially during that time since i it was super hard for me um it was super amazing being able to like talk to her about what was going on yeah uh, i know what you're talking about and i know what it's like mm -hmm. oh how do you uh i guess support your sister oh yeah um so our mom really isn't in our lives lives so we have a lot of amazing like aunts and grandma and my grandmothers who are just amazing role models for sorry amazing role models for my sister and I um but I have kind of had to take on like the mother role for her um a lot of times um so just being able to use my knowledge and being able you know being a junior in high school and just knowing how to maneuver through high school and what not to do and how to act and how I conduct myself and my principles that I have and being able to give that to her is super important to me. Um, and that's kind of what I try to do for her is to really carve a path that I wish, like my brother, um, when I was a freshman, he was going to be a senior, but he moved. And I really wish that I kind of had someone or like my sibling there for me. But once again, he moved and like not a problem. So I kind of made it my goal when she was coming into her freshman year and I was coming into my junior year to kind of carve a path for her for success throughout the next four years of her yeah, high that's, school career. That's funny that you described it like that because one time someone asked me to describe my relationship with my sister mm -hmm. and I said, like a very awkward manly mother because <laughs> uh, I tried to fill that spot too. Yeah. And I guess I'm not best suited for it, mm -hmm. but uh, I do my best. I mean, it is really difficult, especially, you know, one, like interacting with my sister sometimes. Some people may be like, you guys are like super mean or like, but it's like, no, like you don't get it. Like I have to be your mom. So you wouldn't understand. So absolutely. Like our relationships are definitely different with our siblings because, you know, not having certain role models or things that like every it seems like normally like a majority of people especially surrounding us have you know my relationship is very different with other people's siblings and you know I have to I have to be your mom I have to make sure that she you know eats and brushes her teeth and that's just stuff that a lot of siblings like wouldn't even think about asking so absolutely I get what you're talking about for sure yeah sometimes she yells at me for getting on her about homework oh yeah my dad doesn't and absolutely like, why are you mad at me about homework yeah because you know our parents are not you know my dad owns a company so he's not hmm. always he's an amazing dad but he's not always super um on top of everything and you know i have to be kind of on top of everything and i have to make sure that she um except, you know my dad's also not a woman so he doesn't think about <laughs> everything all the time so i have to be on that so yeah absolutely like our just relationships with our siblings are very different so i get that for sure Roy, so during times of just feeling down or like depressed, what motivates you to keep pushing and keep advocating your voice and what you stand for and your beliefs? So I think I'm a pretty innately driven person and I think it comes from my passion always because I'm a very empathic person and when I see people going through things, 
uh, it makes me feel bad and it makes me feel like no matter what, you know, I could help them because uh, no, even if they like stub their toe, I feel like it's my job to try to help them. So uh, just seeing that there's others that I can help has always mo- been motivating to me. And just knowing that uh, there's always some impact I can make on the world. So even if I'm down, uh, if I can, you know, go talk to my friend who's also down and make him feel better, uh, that'll make me feel better too. Do you ever still feel like sad or depressed from that situation with your mom? So I think it's kind of residual. It's kind of like sometimes I'll be at my friend's house and they'll be talking with their mom, reminiscing about something. Mm -hmm. And it's just like this pang that, you know, you can't really explain, but... Mm -hmm. And it's not really even painful. It's just like a loss that you you know you can't ever get back, but mm-hmm. it's there. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. Um, my mom is still in my life, but she's just not like there. So I completely get what you're talking about. But um, yeah, definitely with me, there is sometimes um, I'm normally fine, like 99% of the time. Now, after the summer, um, I really healed a lot. But talking about stuff like this now gets me super emotional. But yeah, I, I definitely relate with that for sure. Have you noticed, like, different conversations with your peers because of your situation and just talking about it? Yeah, so actually I'd say it's crazy. I think my friendship and my, like, my friend group has actually, like, shifted, I guess, around me. And so all my friends, you know, involved in my club somehow, and I can consider them all advocates for mental health now, and it's because they support me. So I think, you know, if you have strong friendships – uh, I think they're two-way streets, and so if you're going to be supporting them a lot, then they'll support you in what you want to do. And since what I've been doing is mental health advocacy, I think I have uh, have a lot of friends now who are just as fluent in I, as I in the dialogue. So th- thank you, Rory. That was awesome. Um, honestly, that honestly just <laughs> implemented the idea of, like, why my voice matters, and especially this you talking about going from your friends to your sister and stuff that you did in your school just reinforces the idea that our voices do matter no matter no, doesn't matter that we're teenagers or not or what age we are that is super amazing and really just once again re-implements the idea that our voices matter and I want to thank you guys as well for coming and this was really really awesome and amazing so thank you yeah thank you for having me I'm glad that you're spreading this message I mm-hmm. think it's an important one okay um I want to thank Rory again for that interview. That was pretty awesome. Um, remember, guys, we have Riley and Shader here, and now we're having Olivia and Hudson come in right now. So, I'm Hudson, and, yeah, I'm here. So, <laughs> um, our voices matter. And Rory really made a wonderful thing. Like, he created the club, and he did all those wonderful things to find support for others and support and always um with grief and stuff like that which is just incredible and to have a teen like our age speaking out and advocating for things that have happened that may or may not be grief or anything like that is just incredible because we are the teens will be the future of the united states and all the world Someone's going to be the president one day. Uh, probably not one of us. But oh, okay. not, actually, not me. Uh, room, well, <laughs> me. someone, someone, a teen, a teen now. They were a teen once, at least. So, teens have a voice, and it's whether you like it or not. It's it's got to be heard, and we got to make a change. Okay.
<laughs> yeah, I agree with Hudson. Um, I feel like this is a great way to get out there and to talk about what we want to talk about. And I feel like this especially is something that we all need to talk about because on one level or another, one way, we all can relate to this, whether it be mental health or losing someone to suicide. It's just a really important thing to talk about. And I'm just so excited that we got an opportunity to do this. I can relate. <laughs> um, something that did stand out to me is whenever Rory said that his friends really like backed him up and decided to become advocates with him. Do you guys think like in like our like little societies at school, like that it's kind of an uncomfortable thing to like comfort a friend who's having mental health issues or dealing with something. Um, I don't honestly, I don't think it's difficult. I think, um, it's, it really depends on the other person that you're trying to help. I know there's certain people that don't want help and don't want people to help them. And I completely get that. Um, there's people who like to keep their problems inside and deal with them themselves. And that's kind of how I am as a person. I like to deal with my problems by myself, but I don't think it's difficult to go to someone and say, Hey, I see you struggling. Let me help you. Um, and if that person says no or that person de denies or declines, then all you can say is like you tried to help. But I don't I don't think it's difficult. And I think that's what maybe a lot of people kind of get confused with or think um, that it's difficult to help someone. But it's really it's really not. This is Chidera. And kind of going off of what Devin said, I kind of agree to disagree. I would say that even during the time that Devin was going through a lot of hardship when our friend Eric died, I couldn't really just walk up to her and be like, so you're hurting like how can I help you like that's just not obviously proper way to go up to her and help her but I think during that time it just for me was kind of difficult because I'm like how can I be the best friend I can possibly be while trying to um make sure that my friend is okay and I think you really just have to un it just depends on your relationship with your friend and how you go about dealing with issues and situations and how your friend is and you really just have to react to their um their way of living I would say and just kind of just be there for them in the best way that you think you can be and honestly you can't there's not a specific way to be there for your friend but just let them know like hey I'd always say this to her constantly like hey I'm always here for you if you ever need anything so that in itself is just a great starter to like assist your friend I would say yeah. absolutely oh, I'm sorry go on no you're okay I was just gonna say I 100% agree like I have a friend um and I know sometimes that she struggles, but she's not one to talk about it because she deals with it better on her own. And I get that. And I just feel so bad whenever I can't do much to help except for be there for her and take her on car rides and take her to concerts just to try and make her life seem positive, even though I can't always be there for her. So I feel like it's important to know the person enough to know even if they aren't coming like right out and saying I need help to know like do things that kind of will help them without them exactly you know feeling like you're like making them feel like a burden or something like that right no one should ever feel like it's an issue to like ask for help or just to need a friend mm -hmm. I think too it's important oh sorry I think it's important to define what is help because help for each person like grief is different for everybody. I know for me personally, if someone's to help me, they can give me space to process whatever I'm going through. 
but also it could just be a distraction because that may not seem like help to you, but for other people it could be like, I've been thinking about this all day, but you gave me a break to think about something else, whether it's a concert or the car ride, you just gave them time to process and understand that better and just take a step back from whatever they're going through right now. And also it could just be listening to somebody. I know it doesn't seem like a lot for but for someone who does not like to talk about it, just listening to whatever they're talking about, whether it's their day or their dog or a bunch of fish or cookies or whatever <laughs> it is, it's just listening would make a huge impact on a person. Right. I agree with you, Olivia. I feel like there's some sort of sense that people think that they have to go above and beyond to like be there, be like Superman and just save the day in a sense but just really being there for someone like whether or not just listening to their conversation or listening to them talk to you and having a conversation with them or just taking them to a concert I feel like any shape of or form of just being there for them is definitely beneficial yeah absolutely and I think all of us should understand and know that there's multiple like what all three of you guys have been saying that there's other ways to help people there's multiple ways to help people and that's not just sitting down with someone and conversing with them about what what's going on with them um you know kind of for example with Chidera when I didn't really confide in her for for months um and then the summer came around last year and um we hung out every day and I kind of finally like sat down and talked to her towards the beginning of the summer she and she in her saying like yeah I knew I, I knew what was going on with you um it was a lot more beneficial I think for me not to talk about it to her Right when I was feeling that feeling, you know, so sad after that situation happened because I am a person that likes to deal with my problems by myself um, and I don't enjoy conversing with other people about what goes on with me. Um, so it was really like there's just multiple ways to help your friends and not even just your friends, other people, you know, like you said, going to concerts and, you know, even going to dinner and stuff and like even just listening to people because there's a lot of people who don't want advice, but they just want someone to listen to them and be able to vent to. So absolutely, there's there's not one right way to help someone with what they're going through. Um, personally, I'm, I'm kind of, like you said, I'm sorry, I'm, not like, um, I'm kind of the rant person. I don't rant. I get ranted to by most all of my friends and empathy can be difficult sometimes. And just saying, Hey, I'm listening. I'm here is very beneficial for their mental health and whatever's going on. And I've just got to say that. No, but absolutely, I get that whenever, you know, something goes on with my friends. Like, one of the first things I really like to say, especially this happened actually the other day, um, when someone confines into me about an issue, I say, do you want advice or do you want to vent to me? And I think that's super important to ask because not everyone wants advice. Not everyone wants that. People just want to be able to vent to someone about what's going on with them. I'd take that one step further and probably just ask, how can I help you instead of do you want to talk? Because some people just need to sit in silence and think. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Absolutely. This was awesome, guys. Thank you so much. And the bottom line and the bottom, um, the common denominator that we're all trying to get here is no matter what you're going through, where you come from, what you believe in, that your voice does matter, especially the biggest thing is it doesn't matter how old you are. So just understand after this podcast, you know, we hope this gives you some inspiration to speak your mind and, you know, be able to ha not be scared to speak about what you believe in and, and to advocate for your, your principles and to be able to help other people as well to understand that your words matter and that you matter. 
All right, and if you guys want to hear more from Rory and more about his story, you can visit Zero Reasons Why on Instagram or zeroreasonswhy.org. You've been listening to I Can Relate, a podcast for teens about teens by teens. I Can Relate is produced by Fredcast Podcast Network and made possible by Lisa McCares. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall.